So uh, once again, I'm going to shout this out because I want to give everybody a chance to get in before it's too late. As you can tell, all these questions were in the group page and these questions happen frequently now. We're actually answering the questions for them in person in like, uh, was it Barrett? Was that was his name with the squat? Right. Yes. So he's going to post a video of his squat form and then we're going to be able to assess and correct him in the group. And you can only get that if you join the group. So you can do that in the show notes, correct? And mm-hmm. you can do that on our Instagram as well. We're going to remove the link on the Instagram very soon. Um, but now's your chance. Jump yeah, on it. You're just going to get more access, period, to everything. So we're just going to get right into the Q&A. You guys got any funny stories to tell? Anything happened to you recently? I will say, uh, actually, t- today was, this morning was cracking because uh, just a couple of days ago, um, if you guys follow me on social media, I posted about bring a friend day to my Sunday warrior, which is kind of like my baby. I fucking love that. Um, and uh, like 60, I think it was around Damn. 60 people showed up so like every time i'm in front of a crowd like that it just it fires me up um on average it's probably probably around 20 20 to 30 probably probably (laughs) probably around uh 20 to 30 people but uh, i think that's like when there's that many people your adrenaline kicks in and you're like i have to fucking crush this yeah and it just makes everything like just bananas because like the music's louder you're screaming like that's dope i know i saw luca share a video and he said 60 strong i was like damn that's crazy 60 people on a motherfucking Sunday. That's dope. Love and uh, and in downtown Renton, they got like this uh, car show. We and were gonna, I saw yeah. all of my favorite, because I'm a big old school. We were going to go. I'm kind of I'm, I'm not really a big fan of like luxury cars. I like, you know, like a Range Rover, but I'd never buy like a Ferrari or a Bentley or anything like that. It just doesn't, I, I just don't like them. But to see all those old school like the 70 chevelle 67 yeah. camaros and some people had them uh like they just they just did the original like everything was original there was like eight track players in there yeah see that's uh, dope like everything was original in the car and i'm like man that's dope some of them did the resto mods where they completely changed out the motors and now they're fuel inject i mean i was just like that's Holy sick. shit. that's like my goal is like someday i'm gonna have a car like that in my garage it's, yeah. e- it's either gonna be like in you between, have to maintain those things, oh yeah like it's every, gonna be week though between 67 to 72 either camaro or mustang those yeah. are like my favorite years of both of those but oh they had the mach one yeah see there. that's oh so my dad God. had like a 69 mach one the original red with like the white yeah Fucking with the white Jesus. mach one thing on the back yeah. and everything i don't obviously i wasn't alive but i see pictures of it and like mm-hmm. what's you know what's crazy i always like uh, i think we did some kind of personality question about this like when would you go like i answered it wrong that's what it was you were like asking like when would you go back or whatever and i was saying like i'd go to the 70s and mm-hmm. like 60s and days and confused days and yeah. shit i always think about it because like my dad like shows me pictures and talks about him and his friends and it's just like yeah i had a mustang he had a corvette he had a camaro and it and it wasn't like they were super luxurious cars like right. that'd be like you having a corvette right now or like a beamer and all these like super expensive cars but back then that's just i mean he's like everybody just drove muscle right. cars like how fucking cool is that? Like everybody just has these badass muscle cars that are like super fast, Man. and that was like a normal car. Yeah. To me, to me, that that's my Ferrari. Yeah, like that's 100%. my I would Ferrari much rather. Bentley. Man, that's my dream car. Yeah. It's a seventy Chevelle. Super fat tires in the back. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I was saying I'm gonna either do that. So here's the thing: is like 
I was I wanted to do that or I wanted to get like a really dope Harley for the summers, like just all black. But Shannon's like super against that <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah. She's like, Oh, did you ride motorcycles when you were came? No. <laughs> do you know how I'm actually, like, yeah. I mean kinda I've never ridden a motorcycle <laughs> in my life. It just looks other than the arcade. Huh? You haven't? I have. I, I used to ride dirt bikes when I would go camping, but never to the point where I, I never owned one, so I wasn't very, yeah. very good. But okay. like my brother said something to me the other day, and he was like, "Yo, I think we should uh, start taking motorcycle lessons." And I'm like, "Really?" Yeah, I think I think. And I, I was like, I was like, "Man, I've been thinking about getting a Harley." And he was like, "Dude, like Grandpa rode a Harley, Dad rode a Harley." It's like that's just like, you keep it's in our blood. Going. But yeah, the bad thing is, is both of them wiped out pretty yeah. bad. So it's like everybody I know who's had a bike is wiped out. Well, or know somebody who's died from wiping yeah, out. Yeah, so, you know, that's, so that's kind of my... The difference is, is like, okay, you can buy it like a new, sick, murdered out Harley for like 10K. Like, yeah. I mean, sick. A so, Harley for 10K? Dude, like that's like a 2017, yeah. Canadian? Dude, they're not that expensive. Really? Yeah. And you can get like a... I, I found a couple that were like five to 6,000 that were like a few years old. Super nice. Dude, usually Harleys are like... I thought they were way more. As, like, yeah, I thought like they were as much 40, as a car. 40, 50 Gs. No, yeah. no. Really? Huh. Are you sure? 100% positive. I was huh. looking them up because me and my brother were sitting there because I was like looking at Mustangs that were like refurbished and everything and they're 35 to 50 yeah, K right. easily. Yeah. And uh, and then I pulled up Harleys and I was like, dude, we can get something yeah. fucking sick for 10 K. Yeah. Like, it's I, crazy. I, now, I'm not saying I there's not that. Harleys that aren't 40 K. I'm sure there is. Right. You know what I mean? But there's also muscle cars that are 100 K. Like, yeah. Okay. But I see your point. Yeah. It's a death trap though. So anyway. <laughs> wow. Bring on the questions. All right. The first one, Marty Mar. Marty Mar. <laughs> uh, two, two point, two he part just, question he here. He only asks questions just to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows the answers to these questions. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> his first, I love saying it too, though. So. His first question is, he says that he pays a lot of attention to how much sodium intake he has on a daily basis. Typically things that have more than 250 milligrams per serving, he stays away from with the goal of staying comfortably under 1500 milligrams per day. He says he usually drinks one and a half to two gallons of water every day. Shit. And with drinking that much water, is it more important to keep my sodium intake low to prevent my body from retaining water? No, don't worry about it. He's active as fuck. He's drinking yeah. hella water. You need yeah. that sodium. If you lowered your sodium, you, your body wouldn't uh, handle and hydrate with the water as well, You'd actually. You would cramp up so much, You would much cramp too. up. Um, so when he asked this, I pulled up my fitness pal. And, and right now, I'm not tracking. I'm, I'm intuitively eating. But I went back weeks to see how much I consumed on an average basis. Yep. And I think I was at like 35, yeah. 45, like 3,500 a day. Now, I'll use like Frank's hot sauce for instance, which is zero calorie, which has a ton of sodium. And I don't put that in. I put pink Himalayan salt on my scrambles every single day. Don't put that in my fitness pal. So I know it's even higher than 3,500. And I wasn't even like going way over the recommendation of my fitness pal, which isn't extremely accurate for those who are physically active. But I still don't think you got to worry about it. Like he, he's totally fine with that amount of sodium. And I think anybody who's sedentary should probably worry about it. But everybody who's listening to this podcast probably isn't sedentary. And everybody who is sedentary move yeah 100 percent. exactly yeah don't worry about sodium <laughs> if you want to eat salt move yeah don't worry about that that's like splitting hairs yeah all right his other question is what is each of your favorite outdoor fitness related activity i'm talking things like hiking swimming climbing etc skateboarding definitely not swimming uh no let's cross that off can the you swim list i can swim to save my life 
but I can't tread water. And it's not pretty either. It's you know, I'm not graceful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm a... It's kind of funny. I'm a... Uh, yeah, I'm a messy swimmer. Like, when... <laughs> dude, I was, trying to, I was trying to figure out the best way uh, to, to describe it. But it's like, if... It's cringing in the water. It's like, man, I slap the water so hard and I kick so <laughs> fucking... I mean... And it causes just because, panic. Yeah, I mean, I'm so... I'm, I'm just so tight, like... And my mom has tried to teach me to swim. She tried to get, teach me the, the back float because she was like, if I teach you how to back float, it's going to make learning how to swim a lot easier because you're going to be able to relax. But I mean, she's you just what, like, you know, what's funny is you got the build for a, a good. Swimmer. I know. And I, I you, hear that you're all tall, the time. You have huge hands. Yeah. So you got like fucking platypus paddles <laughs> on you. You got big ass flat feet. Yeah. Which again are literally like fucking. Yeah. What are those? Uh, are those just flippers? Is that what they're called? Yeah, like big scuba flippers. <laughs> then you got big lats. Yeah, which is uh, like if you look at a swimmer, like big yeah. shoulders, yeah. dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so it must be. A psychological it's just yeah, thing. I, yeah, and I can't, I cannot relax that in the water. Crazy. So what is your favorite? Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite would probably be hiking. Um, it's yeah. it's hard for me to say. Like I like skateboarding because I can. I have my skateboard in my car, so like, there's times where like I have to wait for Shannon, and I'm just like, oh, I'll just pull out my skateboard in yeah. the parking lot, and I just like fuck around. Hiking is, I I like it more, but it's just not as frequent. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense, because it's beautiful, so it's kind of hard for me to pick that. But then, and then same thing with golf. It's not as frequent, but I love golf. I and would it's add, not, yeah, it's not super physically yeah. active, but it's so much fun going to a golf course and relaxing. And to be honest, it's probably better for people like us who train so frequently right. and so hard. You go out, you're moving, but you're not like going balls to the wall yeah. with stuff. I I will say that because uh, I posted this question on Facebook a while ago. What's what's the most difficult sport to to compete in, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of people said golf, which is you know that's that's a solid that's a solid answer. Um, and somebody was like, well, I don't see how golf would be difficult or even physically demanding, uh-huh. but. It takes so uh, much skill. It's fucking. Insane. I, I think they meant from like on a on a physical. Yeah. So it depends how you answer right? the question. But at the same time, I mean, if you're like, let's take the Masters tournament for example, right? They're they're playing four four different days, right? And they get they're going eighteen holes a day, and you know if somebody's gonna shoot par, which is 70, 72 shots, right? If they were just to break even, that's seventy two times that they have to swing. Yeah. Oh, other than putting, right? Super repetitive but, yeah. on muscles. And, and so, yeah, and, and you're talking about a lot of torque, a lot of power generated into Rotation. into into swing. Yeah, and so that's why there's a lot of back issues and knee issues and stuff like that. And now these, these golfers are now coming into the strength and conditioning uh, realm, hiring uh, trainers um, just so they yeah. can – Play the, play the sport your physical preparation for golf has to be extremely exactly. high yeah. the other thing i will say one i mean the attention to detail and skill like this dude is hitting it 200 something yards hitting a little fucking ball and dropping it on a practically a dime where he yeah. wants to go like if you talk shit on that like you're insane well and, the and, thing i will say is to call it one of the most competitive sports is kind of false because anybody can go compete and play in golf now to be one of the top, like there's, to me, the most competitive or the most difficult sports to compete in are ones that you have to, well, I guess you have to qualify for golf too. But you're talking about the entire world is competing for this position. Yeah, true. It's not like, it's not like basketball where, you know, it's not as, uh, it's not as practiced. Like golf is way more popular in the world than, than basketball. So it would, I think it would actually be easier to go pro 
in the NBA than it would mm. uh, to get on tour. Yeah. Right. I mean, and you have to play a lot more rounds than, yeah. than games of basketball. It's like an all day event. Right. Um, you know what I was going to say to that post, but I, I was out of data and it wouldn't fucking let me. <laughs> um, and then I was like, fuck, because I was driving. Um, so I didn't want to wait till <laughs> Wi-Fi. But uh, fencing. The hardest. Dude, wow. those motherfuckers. If you like. I watched something where they were showing their training and like how quick they have to be. And they're like, dude, their shit is crazy to compete in the world. Like look YouTube, like the world championship fencing. It's nuts. Yeah. So I think that would be one of the most the, difficult, the things. hardest. So the hardest sports, uh, to, to, I guess to play is baseball because mm. of, and they did a sports science. If you guys remember that show, yeah, they broke it down to when the the ball leaves the pitcher's hands, the variables of Timing the and curve shit. and how fast mm. it's going. Um, and like, you literally can't blink when you're, uh, when you're at bat. Nobody answered that that way. Did they? Uh, not like that. No, I mean, but, Matt, but it, it was, it was a biased opinion. It was all baseball players who said baseball. Uh, right. Yeah. But, I mean, they were technically right, but yeah. to compete in, that's the word that I wanted to use for that reason, right? Because technically baseball is the hardest sport to play, but to compete in, I don't think that you can get past fighting like UFC. I Googled the, the most of, I Googled your exact status and boxing uh, was one, yeah. some other martial art was one. So I agree. Because the the level of threat that when you get punched in the fucking die. face- yeah, well, that and just the way that your brain receives information. Even if you were brought up fighting and somebody was to rock yeah. you, it there's there's still like you still either like you're either gonna back up or you're gonna move forward, and that has everything to to do with your uh, your state of mind yeah. and how you receive that punch. And that, and then just of course, guys and all this testosterone and adrenaline that goes into a fight. Let's say you're on the other end of that punch and you're throwing that punch and you connect and you see that person back up then it's like there's fucking blood in the water, yeah. right? So then you got this crazed individual who just rocked you who was trying to come back for more. So And then there's some guys who who uh, who have been rocked and have backed up and then come back in the fight and they win the fight. Yeah. So then you have to battle those things, you know That's what I mean? And crazy. it's constant. I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about so I was already I was already thinking about all this shit and then I posted that that question. I just wanted to see what people said. But I completely agree with the the, the people who said uh combat sports. Michael's favorite activity is rollerblading. Next question. That's <laughs> 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 just lane. What is your favorite activity? Rollerblading. Is it? I didn't realize how it's difficult. Fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but like, it really is how fun, much though. core work and like yeah. how tired I got. I, I never learned after doing it. So did you actually take that picture? Yeah. Of the 90s thing you said? Yeah. I did that outside. I was dying. Like, that legitimately was like a 90s talk show. It looked like I just won on a Nickelodeon show because he had like the background of the the greens and the K2s, Furby. (laughs) I put a TV out there. Oh, God. That shit was hilarious. All right. Next question. Next one. Uh, Christiana, what are the best leg day exercises for those with bad knees? I find that when I squat or do the leg press with heavy weights, it aggravates my knees. I'll let you go first. I'm actually interested in your answer. So I would say um, I, anybody who ever has knee issues, I always have to say before you do anything, ankle and hip mobility, because when you look at the joints above and below, you can usually cure the issue with your knee in the first place. Um, but 
if we're picking sole exercises, the exercises I tend to go to most for um, my clients who have bad knees, I would say is hip thrust a ton, um, high hip deadlifts, um, Swiss ball hamstring curl variations. So that could, I mean, any hamstring curl variation. So you can use TRX, Valsides, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Single leg hip thrust, stuff like that. Uh, And then I would actually, I like step ups a lot. I like front loaded. So like kettlebell goblet, step ups with a very slow eccentric so keeping your foot up on the box the whole entire time and doing all on one side first you step up onto the box and then try to control the negative as slow as possible Um, set the box up at parallel or just below so your glutes are firing more than your quads so you get that stretch at the bottom those are my go-to's because on the negative you have to control the stability in your knee so much so it allows you to really focus on that whereas if you're doing lunges or stepping forward and in and out quickly a lot of people can't you can't really control it eccentric on a lunge very well. Yeah, so there's more impact. Yeah, so like doing a step up's the easy way to control that eccentric. But I personally like hamstring and glute variations all day. So lots of hip thrusts and lots of hamstring curls. I think that if you can build the posterior chain of the legs, like your knees are gonna be a lot better. Uh, so, and she specifically said bad knees. I think it's a guy. Christiana. I I swear I thought it was a guy from like Europe. You click the profile picture. Um, maybe. Well, to answer Theo's bad knees, aggravates bad knees the day day after for um, squats, and it's a female. Oh, and another one I forgot, sorry, sled pulls. Mm -hmm. These are all stuff I've been using a lot with uh, Kim, who actually ended up commenting on it. So this is someone from our (laughs) Myverse Muscle team page. So again, if you guys aren't on the team page, it's it's only going to be free for a little bit longer, but jump in there because we're helping these people with what their issues are. And But Kim jumping on there, and she was like, glutes 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 and more glutes like cody has me doing and i have her do a lot of hamstrings well but we do a lot of sled pulls as well like slow just marching and stuff like that and that's where all of these questions today in this episode are coming from yep the team page page. uh so i'll agree with that um and to go a little bit deeper right like my question would be like if if and i i'm just thinking about it from if she was to come in and she uh you know we are going to do a consultation i ask questions right and how bad is bad right yeah. like is it uh and and where is the is she referring um to as as far as pain goes yeah like yes the knee but is it in the front of the knee does it tend to be more in the front so that could be patellar tendon issue uh does it tend to feel like it's more in the back which could be a hamstring issue is it more internal if that's the case if you haven't looked at it um it there could be you know that could be meniscus it could be acl mcl any of those things right to where i don't have x-ray vision so i can't see and i would refer out and then you know usually it would be to uh dan swinsco who's a physical therapist um to who we work really close with um and so again to get a second opinion MRIs, anything like that. So then if it comes back clear that you can train, it's not any of those ligaments that are damaged, um, then, you know, we can get to work. And then where, again, where is that, where is that pain coming from? So is it the front of the knee? Is it the back of the knee? Because that determines on what exercise that we're going to do. Also, uh, soft tissue work. um, That's yeah, that's something that plays a huge role because a lot of people will just jump in uh, to a workout cold, um, especially from sitting down all day. So hip flexors, tight hip flexors pay, play a huge role. And this goes back. I mean, you said hip mobility um, and ankle mobility, those joints that are really tight, but in specifically uh, uh, the, the, the hip flex. It. Exactly. Right. So to break that up and to base your 
your drills around that. So when I do hip mobility or if I know that my uh, workout is going to be um, lower body um, dominant, I'm going to hit like if you think about how the hip moves, it moves in a 360 degree motion. So to just do hip extensions, um, you know, to do a glute bridge or a single leg hip thrust or anything like that um, to, to fire up your glutes, you're not really doing uh, your hips um, any, you know, due diligence. You, there's, there's more that you got to do. Um, external rotation, internal rotation work, especially if you're going to be squatting. Um, so it's not that those exercises are bad and that you shouldn't do it if you have knee issues. It's that you might have to do a little bit more uh, uh, mobility protocols or soft tissue work or anything like that in order to prep. Um, or even activation too, right? Exactly. Like- um, but I will agree with all of those exercises, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of single leg squat or Bulgarian split squats, mm-hmm. um, with a controlled tempo. Um, and actually a lot of isometrics. So I'm working with somebody who's, uh, an ex skier. He, he's still, he still skis. Um, you say ski like winter ski or water ski, uh, winter ski. Okay. Um, and he's also getting Snow ready ski? to do, he Whatever. just had uh, meniscus surgery and he's getting ready. He's training to do an Ironman in Jesus November, which is a ton of yeah. fucking impact on your, on your knees. Has he done an Ironman before? He's done an Ironman before. Um, and he's going to, again, he's going to do another one. So all of our stuff right now is like you said, uh, hamstring curls on a Swiss ball. Um, single leg ones too, right? Uh, single leg ones. Yeah. Easily. Uh, and then the isometric hold in a Bulgarian split squat position. Um, squat holds um, in more of a, a wide stance so he can create more tension, push the knees out, create more tension in his glutes as well. The external rotation of the hips. Um, and then hip mobility. So after each exercise, he's not he's never resting. He's not going to sit down. He's not going to walk around. He's actually going to get into a hip mobility drill or stretches, get into a glute stretch. Um, so that's just what, that's just the protocol that I have for him. Um, and also breathing exercises because mm-hmm. he's been in such a uh, messed up position. I, I'm, I'm guessing for years since he's been, I think he's around 40 years old now and he's been competing since he was in his 20s. Um, and just the way he stands, his right, his right foot is externally rotated by about 30 degrees to where Damn. he feels like he's completely and he doesn't even realize it like i just pointed out, he was like i never knew that and he feels like he's his feet are completely parallel one one foot is the other foot is completely like this at about 30 degrees Damn. so just imagine how his hips are that's that's his hip position that's not how his uh, is, yeah. yeah, that's not his how his tibia or fibula are lined up with his with his femur. It's not that. It's his it's his hip that is externally rotated in that position. So to do breathing drills and to get his his hips in the correct position before we even do any of that stuff. And that's before soft tissue work. Um, that's before activation drills. Yeah. Um, just strictly hip alignment. So, so it, that, that was a long winded answer. It, but. but I think it's important for people to, if you don't have any injuries. All of this can be applied to make sure you don't get any injuries. Right. Don't get hip injuries. Don't get ankle injuries. And just efficiently train better. Mm-hmm. Right. So all these are great assistant workouts or exercises for everybody. All right. Barrett has the next question. He says, when I squat the following day or a couple days after, I have soreness in my groin area. I think it is a lack of activation of my glutes, quads, and hams. 
What do you suggest I do to improve this? I'd actually say it was might be a ductor. Yes, um, absolutely. And actually, we talked about this as well um, because of the way that you squat and how mm-hmm. one one side tends to collapse in. Yep. And it's only you're good when you go down. Um, and and his his video that he posted was kind of a side profile. Um, so I'd want to see a front and also a uh, rear profile um, to to see. Uh, the position just from a, a few different directions um, or to see the movement. Uh, but if you remember that we talked about like uh, if you were to stand up up against a wall, you have one leg down and then you pick pick up the opposite knee towards your chest mm-hmm. and you hold that position. So keeping your abs tight, squeezing your butt on that down leg and then constantly driving that knee up even as you as you let it go. So to strengthen your hip flexors in end range. And that's a lot of where people will lose um, integrity in the, in the squat. And so when that happens, right, you're going to compensate things are going to fire up. And that's, that could be why his adductors are, are, are taking over because they're just holding on for dear life in order for him to get back up. So what I would say is post a video, like he said, of the front profile and the back profile in the Mindverse muscle team page, we'll jump on there and we'll critique you and we'll help you out and give you exercise. Even if that means we got to film a video of what we would do to correct that. And then you can get help. Um, I personally, I think it probably is the adductor and, and maybe some glute activity of just like being able to externally rotate and everything deep in the squat, but it also depends on how low he's squatting and all that stuff. Um, but one thing that happens with a lot of people that have the same issue is they'll have the same issue when they sprint or do single leg movements, because when they step back, they're not in line and their adductor will overwork or when they're sprinting, their gait is messed up because they're not in line. Right. And then their adductor will fire Mm -hmm. and that'll cause like, for me, that was the biggest one. So I would feel in my growing even more when I used to sprint because my adductor was overworking. So the inside of my thigh, essentially, for those of you don't know where the adductor is. Um, so doing this stuff helped me a lot because then now I can sprint and and do stuff without issues. So there's a lot of athletes that go through years of doing this and then that's how they get sports hernias because it starts going into their psoas and they're growing into all these muscles in their stomach. So be careful with this. It's something you definitely want to nip in the butt asap um mm-hmm. and it also just helps just to dig in there do tissue work on your adductor like yeah. that will help a lot and 15 20 seconds max don't overdo it because those are very vulnerable yeah uh muscle fibers so post it in the group before you do anything and yeah. then we'll, and then no we'll help you out all right gail from ottawa canada says i walk 40 minutes before and after work every day do you have any stretch suggestions before and after my walks I mean, it, it has to like, stretch. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused by it because I'd have to see more information. Like, are you, are you speed walking? Like, are you walking up hills and your or downhills and your shins are hurting? Like, is that the only exercise you do? A um, stroll around. I, I would a say, do well, you, why just, do you feel the need that you need to stretch after walking is my big thing. Like, yeah, I, I would say more again, like foam rolling or anything like that. Uh, I, I would I typically tell my clients to stay away from static stretching static stretching yeah. after you know a few hours you know wait a few hours until after your your training session definitely don't and, do it before and I would still even do some light foam rolling before doing that um, but just some general things I mean definitely before is better um, not for stretching but just for uh, like ankle and hip mobility work um, and I mean you can get into like some hip flexor stretches. Uh, and but, a lot of mobility stretches the hell out of your body too. Yeah, no you know doubt. what I mean? So I would focus more on mobility and mm-hmm. dynamic stretching more than anything. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I wouldn't go too extreme. You probably don't need to do as much as you think. Kim says that she listened to the nutrition episode and had a question based off of it. Uh, she says when it comes to snacking, she knows that it's not necessarily always, she's not necessarily always hungry or her body needing nutrition. It was just her having a mind craving. So she says that uh, I did not need anything. She just wanted food. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, stress relief. I think it's going to be different for yeah. everybody, but I think that's going to be the biggest thing is just going to be stress relief. I think that um, you're either A, not getting enough variety in your diet or B, you're having some kind of stress in your life um, that's causing you to emotionally eat. And that's more than likely the situation. And I think that's really as far as we can take it. I know she's in the group and she watched the video. We did a Facebook Live in there and we were talking about all the different snacking. So she's going off of that. Mm -hmm. If we have any more thoughts, if it wasn't like, and I think she's saying like, it's not the nutrient deficiency and it's not like my hunger. So my guess is it's, it's gotta be stress related. Right. I agree. And whether that's uh, like what we talked about with Marlon, like you're, maybe you're under recovered or not getting enough protein. So you're not recovering. So your body's craving something or it, it's uh, emotional stress. It's work stress, life stress could be anything, but I think that's more than likely what it's going to be. Would you agree with this uh, that, Women tend to, when they're depressed or if they are stressed out, that that's, you know, that's where the emotional eating comes from. Yeah. Um, but guys don't really get into an emotional, if anything, it's kind of like a lack of, of eating. Yeah. Would you I agree? think that, yeah, I think there's more emotional eaters that are women. Yeah. Um, I know a couple guys who emotionally eat and they'll just like Ben and Jerry's, they'll just crush that shit. That's I'm, crazy. Yeah, I'm going to throw them out there. Joey, he's an emotional eater. Um, you know, Joey, uh, he's in my group with Steve and everything. Oh, okay. Uh, so okay. he, uh, yeah. yeah, he admits it. He's like, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking emotional eater. I'll just, I'll just say fucking, I just eat ice cream and well, shit. I do just lean and shit and jacked. Um, so he like, but I think, yeah, most of the time guys turn to more destructive, uh, sedations. I mm -hmm. find alcohol, drugs, yeah. women partying stuff like that like yeah. it's it's not a good thing but that's i think that's the reality of like america as a whole if we're looking at like a ratio percentage yeah. which is kind of fucked up but destructive yeah. all right anna says that she works in a restaurant business and she has her meals included and uh, since it did it since it's italian food mm, how can shit. i track my macros best if i don't know the exact measures of each food she says she tries to follow moderate low carb up to 100 grams of carbs daily, which still allows her to eat fruit and maybe rice or couscous on some days. It keeps stressing her out, though, on what to eat. Should she have salads? She says she works almost daily there, so she's trying to figure out how to fit this work meals into her macros. Well, yeah, I was going to let you start because I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with it. Oh. Well, I would say, I mean, first and foremost, 100 <clears throat> grams of carbs a day isn't even a, a moderate carbohydrate diet i would say that's considered a low carbohydrate yeah. diet um secondly i would ask yourself why do you feel like you're you need to follow a low carbohydrate diet if you're struggling with a low carbohydrate diet then maybe you should turn to something more moderate more high carb maybe even um i would say as far as trying to figure out how to track your macros within the restaurant the best thing to do is is round up add like a half a serving at least. So if you if it's cooked in oil, add a little bit extra. Like you should always assume it's more than what you're eating. Um, and then just guess. Like there's really no good answer to restaurant tracking. Like you just have to kind of guesstimate and just be okay with that. Um, and then the second thing too is like if you work there, 
and you really want to know, fuck, go in the back and ask them what the fuck they're using. Like, yeah. I mean, the ingredients. Yeah. Like, and, and I even know, like when I'm like preparing to get really lean for a photo shoot or whatever it may be, and I'm really dialed in, I will just straight up ask the way, like, what's this cooked in? And they're going to tell me because they get paid and they want a good tip. So I'm like, yo, what's this cooked in? Butter? Okay, cool. And I just assume that there's probably more than needed. Mm -hmm. And then I just add that in and I factor it in. So the best thing to do is if you're eating there every single day, that makes it tougher. For most people who are trying to track at a restaurant, I would just say, hey, like leave yourself five extra grams of fat at the end of the day at least because you're probably saving yourself wiggle room and you're probably not actually under. But I would track under on that day. But if you're doing it every day, I would just, I mean maybe not eat there every day, maybe prep your own meals, um, try a different diet plan that works better for you. Um, customize the diet. If you can talk to chefs, I mean, there's no real go to on that answer. But you're not saying stick to salads. No, not at all. Because I think that like anything that you're putting yourself in a box is just going to fucking stress you out. And you're just, and she says she's already stressed about what she needs to eat. And that's why I was like, maybe you shouldn't follow a low carb diet because it's obviously not working for you mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, and low carbs isn't the answer. Caloric deficit is the answer. So find something that works for you. Find nutrients that make you feel good and make you want to eat according to your diet because longevity and consistency and adherence is the biggest factor. And I love Italian food. So I feel yeah, Italian is <laughs> And tough. I think, I, and it depends too, like if you're in, I mean, where you're at in the world um, to where you're at in an Italian restaurant because I don't think it's like a very general, like you can't just say, if, if you go to an Italian restaurant here, it might be completely different in like Europe, right? Yeah, to where, right. because a lot of people, and, and I know uh, because, um, you know, my, my uncle, he, I mean, he's married to the family, but he's Italian. Like he doesn't measure things out when he cooks. Like he, just, I mean, he, he eyeballs eyes. things, yeah. right? Like, wow. and that's a, what a lot of chefs do. Yeah. That's good cooking. Yeah. Any, any, I would say that any sh- like real chef that isn't like uh, also into like his physique and stuff like that is like that yeah i mean shannon doesn't measure shit yeah, like, yeah. I, just ballpark i yeah, don't measure anything yeah. either yeah and i ballpark like when i was tracking i would ballpark whatever she cooks mm-hmm. because i'm yeah. not gonna like ask her to measure something i'm just gonna let her fucking go i'm just thankful she's cooking you know what i mean like, <laughs> right fuck those stuffed peppers dude i could like she gets annoyed at me because she's like what do you want for dinner i'm like stuffed peppers she's like we're not fucking having stuffed peppers again <laughs> you I, co- I come home and i'm like so what are you cooking <laughs> fucking stuffed peppers. you had them the other day right mm-hmm. yeah I, I try to give them at least once a week they're so i'll eat three whole fucking peppers that are just stuffed with ground turkey onions mushrooms her seasoning she puts it yeah. in shit it's fucking good i ate three and a half last time because she couldn't finish hers so <laughs> bomb. brinja snacking healthy after 8 p.m not a big deal or forget it i think just snack healthy yeah i think it goes in the order of importance right like as we know and we've talked about a lot uh the the order of importance is number one adherence if that helps you adhere to your diet then stick with it number two is going to be calorie consumption so if you are hitting your daily calories and macros you're fine um next comes nutrient quality if you're snacking on uh like dried fruit without sugar or lean protein versus cookies, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we go back to what we were talking about with the circadian rhythm, that might yep. not be the best option, right? Like I know for me, I try to finish my last meal between six to eight mm-hmm. because I know it's going to allow me to be, get closer to that 12 to 16 hour window of fasting each night, which has a lot of benefits. So in some cases, I would recommend not eating so late so you can have more of a fasting period, even if it's eight 
nine, 10 hours compared to six, it will help your digestive tract. It'll help your gut microbiome. It'll help uh, cell repair and all these different things. So in a perfect world, I would say, yes, I would try to avoid snacking too late. Um, but at the same time, like it's more important to hit your calories and just eat healthy and in, in, in according to your diet plan or your nutrition plan. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah okay. Jake Cohen says, when cutting, does an occasional day of eating to maintenance or little over maintenance really kickstart metabolism or is it a myth? It seems illogical, but I hear it a lot. It seems logical or illogical? Illogical. Um, is it is this guy from Australia? Uh, yeah. I think it's yeah. a shout out to Jake. Yeah. That's dope too because I was like, yo, check out Matt. And he was like, I was training there. I was like, fuck yeah, that's dope. So uh, shout out to him down in Austria, down under. Austria. Australia. Australia. My bad, down under. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Austria is Arnold. Austria down under. <laughs> the Austria is Arnold, huh? That's like over in. Uh, yeah. That's by Hungary and shit. Do you know where that is? Austria. Yeah. Only yeah, because it's uh, right next to Hungary, and Slovenia, Croatia, all that shit. Okay. Okay. My I think I, family I think Hitler was uh, Austrian too. Really? Yeah. Well, learn something new every day. Um. So this so this is kind of basing stuff off like refeeds and cheat meals and how it's supposed to spike mm-hmm. leptin and ghrelin and increase your metabolism and your hormones. So uh, the answer is no, it doesn't work. Uh, if it's one day, it's not enough. You have to actually be over your caloric or at maintenance or over your caloric maintenance for more than 24 hours for your hormones to actually adapt and, and increase from it. So studies have shown like two days is the minimum. So you'd have to have two days at a... So if I have somebody who has thyroid issues or serious issues with their metabolism or something, I'll give them their refeed day, but it'll be refeed days and it'll be like a Friday, Saturday or a Saturday, Sunday because you need two days back to back higher calorie. And that's a really good way to actually diet. So if you're dieting down and you don't want to fuck up your hormones and you're about to start a big cut or whatever, have five days in a row at a deficit that really causes you to lose some body fat and then have two days in a row that are at or above maintenance so you can get the hormonal effect. The best way to do it is to take a diet break. So every couple months, you actually take a full week at or just above maintenance. You probably will gain a little bit of weight, but it'll be mostly uh, water retention, shit like that. But that has the biggest and most profound effect on your hormones. Um, but one day is just not enough. But I do think it's important to have a refeed day once a week because it's like sanity and adherence is just going to be higher because if you're rigid dieting seven days a week and you don't even have one day where you can go have fun, you're going to kill yourself. So I even have people where like if I calculate their calories to be 1800, I'll purposely have them at 1700 so I can save up 100 calories for six days in a row. And then I just put 600 extra calories on that Saturday. So they yeah. have more room to do whatever. And they're still in a weekly caloric deficit. So they still see results, but they're going to adhere to it for twice as long. So that's. That's the best answer for that one. I like it. Boom. And that, that was, was all the questions from the group. One. Dope. So uh, once again, I'm going to shout this out because I want to give everybody a chance to get in before it's too late. Um, as you can tell, all these questions were in the group page and these questions happen frequently now. We're actually answering the questions for them in person. And like, uh, was it Barrett? Was it, that was his name with the squat? Right. Yes. So he's going to actually be posting. So this is a good example. We can't really answer his question on a podcast because we don't have video and we can't see him. So he's going to post a video of his squat form. And then we're going to be able to assess and correct him in the group. And you can only get that if you join the group. So you can do that in the show notes, correct? And mm-hmm. you can do that on our Instagram as well. We're going to remove the link on the Instagram very soon. Um, but now's your chance. Jump yeah, on it. You're just going to get more access, period, to everything. More free content. Boom. Deuces. 
If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.